welcome to episode 18 of Wonderfilled Week. I am your host, Caitlin Corey. Today's episode is all about balance, how to achieve it and how to maintain it in this busy, fast-paced world. It seems like when we try to excel in one area of life, we inevitably neglect another area, and it can sometimes feel impossible to keep everything even. Today, I welcome one of my dearest friends who is total hashtag mom goals, hashtag boss babe goals, and therefore hashtag balance goals. Today's guest found a way to merge her dreams of being a mom and being a businesswoman and made it all look effortless. Please welcome to the podcast, my pal, Courtney Goodwin. Hey, Court. Hi, how's it going? Going good. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so to give the people some context, we are actually childhood friends, and I feel like we've known each other forever, right? Literally forever. Literally. Um, I think I was born and you were too. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. That tracks. Um, yeah. So we went to the same university. We studied education. We were even teachers at the same school. And I've watched you grow into an amazing mother and entrepreneur who started her own business and set it up in a way that you didn't have to sacrifice watching your boys grow. So let's get into how you accomplish these two goals, because to be honest, as an outsider, it seems impossible, so I need to hear this story. So to give us a little background into what exactly your business is, um, so explain it a little bit. How did it all come to fruition? Um, so I am a former first grade teacher, and when my husband and I were pregnant with our oldest son, who's almost eight, I decided that I wanted to be home with him, and I... While I was pregnant, I had the guilt of missing him and missing all of his milestones before he was even born. So I knew that teaching wasn't the best place for me because I couldn't put my whole heart into it anymore because I would have been more concerned about what Cam was doing and um, what things I was missing rather than giving my all to my job. So I didn't want to miss any time with him. Um, I had people who were willing to take care of him and watch him full-time while I worked, but I just decided that wasn't the best place for me, and it was a very scary thought, leaving a job that I loved so much. Um, I had the job security, I was getting paid well, and I just knew that I wanted to be with him, and I decided that I would ask my husband if I could start a daycare in my house so I could be home with him but I could still make the money that I needed and have a job and feel like I was um, putting my effort into more than one thing and that I could take care of him and take care of other children. Um, so I was just very excited and determined to figure out um, something that would work for me. And my husband, after months of me hounding him, asking him if we could have a daycare, uh, he finally said yes. So I have a daycare for children ages eight weeks to five years old. And I was able to be home. I have two kids now. They are eight and six. And they are the loves of my life. And I got to be with them until they went to school full time. It's both rewarding and exhausting, but I wouldn't change my decision for anything. Oh my God, that's so amazing. So, okay, so set the scene a bit. So how old was Cam when you started the business? So Cam was, one, I nannied for about a year after teaching. I just did little kind of babysitting jobs just to get by, just to still help provide before I could open the daycare. There's a lot that goes into opening a daycare. Um, 
I had to get my house ready. I had to get approved. I had to take lots of classes and online courses and I had the CPR and all the training that I needed. So it took a little while to get all of that um, under my belt. So he was about one when I started, and now he's almost eight. Oh my God, that's so crazy because to think that you were starting a business, which is scary enough and can be so daunting on its own, like most people when they start a business say that that is their baby, but you literally had a real life baby <laughs> and you were creating a whole new baby. <laughs> I, I know, mean, that I, is no I joke. I also thought I was crazy too because it's a lot to take on a business and I love children and I always wanted to work with children and I'm so glad that I still am able to work with children. But it's the whole business aspect of the daycare that I wasn't quite ready for. I had never taken any business administration classes. I had always just done education classes to be a teacher. And so the business part of it was a little bit trickier um, to take on. Exactly. I mean, that's an entire major in college. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to start a business, you would think, like, oh, I need to go to business school. I need to take all business classes. But... You know, I was there with you in college. We were taking education classes and classroom management. And how to, you know, we were really thinking it was going to be in a classroom setting. And it's almost like, right. dang, like we should have been taking some business classes too because you didn't know what that could grow into. Your love for children could, yeah. could transpire in many different ways. And so I'm, that's like almost like an, you were taking an entire course load in addition to being a first-time mom. And sometimes I feel like maybe you, when you were doing it, I don't know if you were just so caught up in it, but you made it look... Easy. I don't know if it's because you didn't have time to sit there and dwell on it or what, but you just made it look like, okay, well, this is what I have to do. Like, this person's coming, and I have to get an inspection. Oh, and I have to breastfeed, and now I have to do this and this and this. And you were just balancing it all. I mean, you really made it look effortless. So were there times that you felt a little, like like you said, crazy? <laughs> like, what am I doing? What oh, have I gotten myself I'm, into? Yes, I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking that you're crazy for thinking that I just made it look so easy because I was all over the place. I was running here and there and with Cam, without Cam, um, just trying to get things done so I could open the daycare. And I, it wasn't easy, but I've always wanted to be a mom and I really do feel like I was meant to be a mom. And I would have done anything to spend my days with him. Absolutely. I fully, I'm like over here nodding along with you. Um, you're totally a born mom and I hate to say this, but you're totally a boy mom. Like you're meant to be a boy mom. I feel like you're perfect for Kim and Cal. Like looking at your family, you couldn't create a more perfect fit. And I just feel like, I don't know if you're like secretly manifesting these things, if you're openly manifesting, but like, I feel like you've always been pretty sure and confident about who you are and what you wanted. And it seems like life sort of like fell into place the way it was supposed to. It's funny that you say that because I, since I was young, I've always gravitated more towards boys and playing sports. I have an older brother, and he played every sport, and I wanted to be just like him. And I played with all the boys. I played baseball until I was 18 with boys. And I, as I got older, I knew that I wanted to have boys. I had no interest in having daughters, which might sound bad. No, that's your I truth. Always, I always wanted boys. So each time, I, we have two, and each time I was pregnant, my husband and I were both just saying, oh my gosh, what if it's a girl? What if it's a girl? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm, 
I agree. I think I was really meant to be a boy mom. And you are excelling at it. And the thought of having boys and wanting to play hockey with them kind of makes me be like, oof, I don't know if I could do that. But you're totally meant for that. You were like in the yard. You're playing hockey. You're playing softball. Like you're doing all the things. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, I really enjoy it. I've always loved sports. So now I have two crazy sports fanatics who are obsessed with hockey. And we, I played hockey my whole life. So they are like, they're mini me and mini my husband who also played hockey his whole life. Oh, they're, so they're a perfect mix of you two. They really, yes, they are. They have his temper <laughs> and my athletic ability, I like to believe. I like that. I co-sign that. <laughs> um, was there ever a time when you were doing it that your husband was like, Brian was like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I don't think you should leave the stability of the teaching job. This is too out there. We have a small child. Or was he always kind of like, no, do your thing, girl. Like, you got this. I would say... He was about 50-50 to begin, only because we had moved um, away from family just a half an hour or so, but we bought a house when we were young, and we didn't know anyone in the area, so he was more concerned with, how will you find children to care for when we don't know anyone? Oh, that's true, because you can't really do the networking if you're sort of far away from your bubble. Right. So we were, in 30 minutes isn't a lot, but it is when you have to bring your children to daycare. Oh, absolutely. So we, he was a little um, up in the air about it for a little while. And then I had one family friend who reached out to someone who was pregnant and they came over and met me and I gave them my whole spiel of the daycare and my hopes and dreams and um, how I could help their child and they signed up on the spot, and it just kind of grew from there. That mom told other moms that she took the train with, and it just kind of went from there. And now I have um, 10 children that I watch every day. I have my cousin, who's my assistant, who's my godsend. And we have the best time. We have the best days. You have the best days. You really do. Like, I see it, and I see how happy you are. And there really hasn't been, like, really a step backwards since, you know, you got the ball rolling. I feel like once you got your first family and then word of mouth, and then also, of course, like any good, you know, product or service, it speaks for itself. And as soon as any family gave you the opportunity to explain your philosophy, your experience as a teacher, your education, and just the way you approach being a mom and a caretaker, I mean... People were just jumping at that opportunity. They actually, I feel like many of your families say that they're lucky, so lucky to have you in their children's lives. And that's just the greatest I, compliment of all. Feel, and I honestly feel the same way about the families that I have. I've been very fortunate to find the people that I have because we just make a great team. And when you're raising a child, you need, it takes a village. It really does take a village. And I'm happy to be part of these little kids' lives and their families. It's a short time, but it's it's meaningful. Oh, it's it's a, it is a short time, but you pack a lot in because you're talking. What do they say? The days are long, but the years are short. Like there, yeah. these kids are really in and out before they go to school. It, it goes by so quickly, but you really make their days meaningful, and so it's just really amazing. But I have a question about. I'm trying to think if I were in your shoes. How were the days? when you would have your two sons, but also other children in your house, like how did you, were there blurred lines of like being a mom and being, you know what I mean? The person running the daycare. Like was that, was there ever like any awkward, you know, do you, were your kids like, but mom, it's my house. It, I started, especially when Cameron was about two and 
stories that you don't feel like sharing that are very important to you, they go in your bedroom because the daycare children don't go in the boys' bedroom. Um, and they, he would gather up any toys he didn't want to share for the day, and he would put them in the bedroom, and he knew, even at the age of two, that any toys that are left out that the other kids are able to use. So I established roles and different things right, right away with him in order for it to run a little bit smoother. Um, it was difficult with the two of them being home and with the other, when they were little, I had six children a day by myself, and I had two two-month-olds, two two-one-year-olds, two two-two-year-olds. Wow. So it was a lot to take on by myself with my own two kids. Um, but I'm definitely harder on my two, and I have more patience for the other kids than I do with my own kids. But I think that goes for any parent out there. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like you've... Yeah, you've always been very clear in your boundaries and rules with your children. I've noticed that firsthand. I remember Cam being so little in the high chair and you're like, we're not leaving this table until your dinner is done. Like you sort of like set your expectations for the kids and they know what to expect from you. But I feel like I'm sure that was a learning curve as the business was new. Like, oh, okay. Like we've, you know, sort of like, you know, trial and error. Like, oh, Cam gets upset when the other kids use his toys. That makes sense. Okay, what? Well, let me pivot. So you're really good at like being adaptable and pivoting and sort of like, I'm sure the first, would you say the first year was the hardest or? I would say when Cam was about two and three, he had the hardest time adapting to the other children. Just being in the house with me and they want hugs from me and they want my attention. And so does he. And he was kind of looking at me like, you're my mom. Why are you taking, why are you doing that with him? You're supposed to be doing that with me. So as he got a little bit older, he became more aware that this is now my job and this is what I have to do. Whereas when he was two and three, it was the most difficult time to, just for him, because he's still so little and he just wants his mom. But I was essentially the other kids' moms for that amount of time, too. Oh, absolutely. So we had a hard time around that time. Yeah, and that's fair because he's still sort of sorting it all out. And, you know, it's hard and it's new and it is his comfortable space. So I'm sure there was some sort of, like, learning curve with all of that. Definitely. And with that being said, so you sort of went through it all with Cam. That's your oldest. But then what about Callan? Did you feel like when you had your second and your your business was booming now and you sort of like went through all the highs and lows and, you know, speed bumps, were you kind of like, okay, I know what to expect from Callan now because I went through it with Cam? Did it get any easier or did he have a whole different set of sorting? A whole different set of sorting is a nice way to put it. <laughs> Cam is, I feel like Cameron is a typical first child. He just is more independent, he's more, um, he just does everything that I ask him to do, he's a rule follower, he likes to please people, and then Hurricane Callan was born, <laughs> and he took off, and I, and I talked to a lot of other moms, and they feel the same way about the second, that their first one was very just complacent and doing whatever, and then the second one comes and just goes for it. So you had to sort of like re-pivot again and navigate a whole different a whole different set of things with Callan. Yes. Um, just because they're two different children, so they react to things in different ways. Where Cam was more, Cam liked to share, and Cam liked the praise that he got from sharing, whereas Callan would have rather 
and him, and that was it. Where Cam liked seeing his friends every day. Callum was more so, like, what time are they leaving? Mm, okay. And now how is it now that now both your boys are in school now? Yeah, okay. Time. And that's probably hard for you. Was that hard for you? It is hard. I, I just miss them. Yeah. And I feel like, it, and I still dedicate all of my time to them. But it's it's just different. Um, my days are a lot easier. What I love about you is you really are the epitome of the quote, like, create the life you want. And you really, like, with very minimal uh, compromises, you sort of did create the life you want. You wanted to spend time with your children. You still wanted to earn an income. You still love children. You're a natural teacher. And that, you know, wasn't going to change whether or not you left that profession. So I'm so happy and excited that you still continue just in a different way. But that's uh, totally like you... Now you've like checked it off, like you wanted to be with your boys and you were with them and now they're in school full time. So now the business must be different, right? Because your your boys aren't there all day. And so yeah. do you still feel the same love for your business and the, the children that aren't yours that are, you know, with you all day long? I do. I do. I think I actually appreciate it a little bit more now um, because now that my boys are in school, I just feel like... I can give my all to the kids that are here that I take care of, where before I felt torn between my boys and the daycare, even though I, I didn't let the kids know it, I didn't let anyone else know it, but there was a little, it was a little tricky at first when my boys were younger and trying to take care of them and their needs and then the other eight kids that were here and their needs. And now it's just, the flow is different and it's, it's just a different vibe that we have now that the, the alpha males are not in the house anymore. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm sure your, your poker face is so good. You never let the kids see it. But there has to be like some level of like relief. Like, okay, I did it. Like I did what I set out to do. And they always say like any business, whether or not it's like related to your children or your family, the first five years are like crazy ups and downs and like sorting it out, and like confused and lost. And where am I? And I just feel like your first five years were like that, but now that your kids are in school, like, you kind of, like, are hitting a stride. And, like, like you said, like, the, there's a lot of more internal peace. Like, okay, the flow is just going, like, the way it's meant to go. That's honestly a perfect way to put it because it is the first five years, especially if you're home with your kids. So much happens every day. And on top of being with other children, too, there's just so much time and effort and everything put into it, whether you work or not, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom or working parent, um, you dedicate all of your time to your children. And I was putting all my effort into my kids, and I, did, I didn't take care of myself the way that I should have in those five years. I just, it was, it was just, it was a lot. I started a business. I had two kids. I had two kids in under two years, so it was a lot to... It's a whole, it was a whole new life and oh, a whole absolutely. new way of thinking and planning and balancing things and finding time for myself and my husband to just spend time together and finding time with my friends and my family. So it was a, it was definitely a balancing act for a little while. And I was going to ask you that too. Like, are you a natural balancer? Like, does it just come pretty easily to you? Like, okay, like it's just flowing. It's good. Like I'm not totally putting a conscious effort into this and it's just sort of working out fine. Or are you like, okay, no, like if I'm going to balance this, I have to like a lot, a lot of time for this. I have to make a list and allocate responsibility. Like sort of, does it come naturally or do you have to do a lot of prep for it to all work? I like to believe that I'm a natural 
balancer. Um, but I am also a yes person. Mm-hmm. I say yes to everything. And it drives my husband crazy because my kids are in a class of 26 kids in their classes. And a birthday invitation comes home. And if we're not busy, we're going. Oh, yeah. So there's, we don't have a lot of downtime. But I do that to myself. Um, the boys, we love being out and about. And I also feel like their behavior is better when we're out and about, and they're happier. And we don't have a lot of downtime. They play, right now it's winter, they play three sports each. So it's, I do have to make a conscious effort then to figure out meal prep and what time we're going to eat and what time we get home and how we shower and go to bed before 7.30. And it's, it's a, it's a balancing act and it's, it's tricky. It gets, um, it gets hard and then some days it's easy. So you never know if it's, if a day is going to be easy or hard. Um, you just kind of have to go with the flow and figure it out as you go. Yeah. And I think that's the best mentality. And I feel like for me, that's harder to do. Like, I wish I could adopt a bit of that mindset because I am not a natural balancer. I tell my husband all the time, like, I really zone in on one thing. So if I'm like booking the podcast guest, like I'm spending like a million hours in a row, like booking and booking and booking all the way through months and months and months ahead. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I could have just booked like three weeks ahead and then I could have got a few other things done. So I have, I actually have a hard time um, balancing naturally. So I'm more like list oriented and like planning and time blocking. And every night before I go to bed, I have to make a list of what I want to do for the next day. Otherwise, I feel like I'll just super zone in on one thing. And that's something I'm really working toward, you know, in 2020 is like finding more of a balance. Um, So I applaud, you know, you being a natural balancer. I feel like I more gravitate to what Shonda Rhimes said. Shonda Rhimes said, um... Whenever you see me somewhere succeeding in one area of life, that almost certainly means I'm failing in another area of life. And that just like spoke to my soul because that is me. Like I am just crushing it in one area and then ignored the rest of my life. And I have to like get much better <laughs> at being like you and getting a balance. It's so, hard. it's so hard though. It's so hard to figure out what you should be doing at certain times all day long. Oh and yeah. Every day. And you have, to, you have the mentality that I wish I had. I wish I could make a list and actually check things off. I have lists from 2015 that still have no <laughs> checks next to them. I kind of just live in the day-to-day. <laughs> yeah, but that's what Definitely. they say you're supposed to do, you know, be present, be in the moment, and sort of, like, take it as it comes. That's sort of a gift that people sort of work towards that, and I feel like you have that as a natural gift, which is why I always say, and I've always said, like, you were meant to be a mom. And really why you're meant to be a business owner, because whatever your business was that you chose to like delve into, I feel like this is the, the perfect fit for you and what you were born to do. But any business, whatever it was, you are going to find a way to like juggle it all like you're a juggler. Okay, so something that I always worry about motherhood. Now, I'm not yet a mother, um, but I always, you know, hear women talking about this. And I actually hear women, sadly, talking about it more than men, something about mom guilt. Now, really, it's just guilt. It shouldn't really be mom guilt, you know, because I never hear anyone say that they have dad guilt. But um, is mom guilt something that you've ever experienced? Because much like Shonda Rhimes, like if you're delving into one area of life, you're you know most likely ignoring other things. Do you ever feel guilty when you're focusing heavily on one area and not the other? And sort of like, how do you fight that guilt? It's mom guilt 
is a real thing. Oh, I believe I'm it. Putting it out there. And well, it should be parent guilt, exactly. adult guilt. But now that the boys are in school full time, where before they were home with me all day, I was with them all day. So if I wanted to go to Target and buy some new throw pillows, I would be like, peace out, I'm going to Target, I'll see you later. When my husband came home, and I didn't have the guilt because I was with them all day. And then they both started school, and it, it hits hard. It comes out of nowhere, and it hits hard. And it's just the, they, when I tell them I'm going out to dinner with friends, they give me the, the lip curl, and their eyes start to tear up. Aww. And they're, they're in bed. They're going to bed anyway. I wait till they're in bed, and then I leave. But it's them knowing that, oh, she's not going to be here when I'm sleeping. I and know, because they're so used to it, and then you don't want to sort of, like, mess up their routine. But it's true. Like, I've been to dinner with you many a time, and, like, we're never going at, like, 4 p.m. for happy hour. Like, we're going at, like, 8 when they're in sleep. Like, they're going to be asleep anyway. But you still can't, like, help that feeling. Right. And now that they're in sports all the time, and we spend three nights a week during the, the weekdays, we have sports at night. So now we're only home two days a week. So one night we dedicate to family game night. Every Thursday is family game night. And we each pick two games and we play from the minute daycare leaves. We eat dinner on the floor and we play through till it's time for bed. So I make sure that I don't schedule anything for myself on Thursdays. And then Tuesdays we just kind of hang out and watch TV because we never also get to do that. And it's just setting aside time to do special things with the kids, but also I need some time either just with my husband or by myself or with my friends. So it's, mom guilt is a real thing and it's hard and we all get through it. So there's this Instagram person that you should follow. Her name is Paula Kuka, K-U-K-A, but her handle is Common Wild. And she is a mom and I follow her even though I'm not a mom because I just find like such inspiration in her posts. And it's how she describes it as witty and pretty musings on motherhood. But she has made this hashtag really famous called Jilt the Guilt. Hashtag Jilt the Guilt. And it's so true because she'll put up all these like amazing illustrations with, I'm sure, very relatable things. If you went on there, I'm sure you'd be like dying laughing at all the, you know, posts she puts up because it's just sort of like what you expect as a mom and what actually happens. And and it's just really uh, enlightening for anyone to check out, but especially if you're a mom and you're going through mom guilt, which, as Courtney said, is inevitable. It's very real, and it happens to the best of the moms out there. Follow Common Wild on Instagram and look up the hashtag Jilt the Guilt, and I feel like you'll find a whole world of people who can relate to you, and you won't feel so alone and so crazy with the mom guilt. So I love oh, that. I definitely follow her. Oh yeah, no, she's awesome. You would love it. I feel like I don't, I'm not a mom, but I am in childcare and I have been for a long time. And I feel like, oh my gosh, so true. Like the conversations I've had with the kids' mom or like moms at school, it's just very relatable. And I think any parent out there who is feeling guilt in one way or another, which is inevitable, so don't feel bad, um, this might bring you some, some lightness and some laughter. So it's worth checking out. Okay, so in terms of balancing, and now I already know because I know you. <laughs> what acts of self-care do you implement or not implement into your day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week or month-to-month -month life? Because um, I look at life sort of like a pie chart. And if you want like all your slices of pie to be even, you sort of have to like, what, water the plants in every area. So like 
Yours might be kids and marriage and work and friends and family and health. And self-care for me on my pie chart of my personal life is a big part because a lot of things when I was trying to think about like, how do I prioritize my time and the things that I try to get done every day? Like almost half of them went into self-care, but how do you implement self-care into your life or how, you know, or how are you working towards doing that? I should say. I need to practice more self-care in the working out and eating healthier aspect of my life. I, it's so easy when the kids eat goldfish to just eat some goldfish too. And I'm trying, my 2020 goal is to just be a healthier me. And that's just in, you talk about meditating all the time and how you go to yoga and how it just eases your mind. And I, I'm definitely more of a sports workout person. I love to play soccer. Like I love to do more athletic things, but I think I need to start doing yoga because I've heard great things about yoga and I would love to do it. It's, um, but the self-care and the mom guilt, it takes over and it's hard for me to schedule gym time, yoga time, anytime to myself when by seven o'clock at night, I just want to go to bed. Oh yeah. I mean, you were up with the, all the kids, not just your kids, all the people's kids. And you're doing all the things all day long. And then when your daycare kids do go, you have homework, you have sports, you have things. I can't even imagine like, okay, the last thing you want to do is go to the gym, even though you're more of a physical person and you're more of like a sports and movement and exercise person by nature. But of course, like anything else, like that's hard to want to do after a full day. I mean, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend, you're a daughter, you're all these things. And then you're like, okay, self-care. I'm a business owner. Like I just did my business all day. It's hard. Right, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it totally makes sense. Yeah, so I, my self-care is more in the form of, like, just going out to dinner and drinks with friends after the boys are in bed. Or even my husband and I just watching a movie at night and just kind of snuggling in front of the fireplace in the winter and just putting on something on TV that we both watch. Um, I have friends from childhood as you know from high school college and now I have friends that I've made through my children so I try to plan at least once a month to go out with one group of friends sometimes I go out twice a month with a bunch with a couple different groups of friends but I feel like girl time for me is so important yeah looking from the outside that's a big form that I see it in for you like you do always make time. I know you always make time for me. You're always checking in. We live 3,000 miles away. But when I tell you I'm coming home, like you literally make the time. There's never been a time that you haven't made the time for me when I'm there. Even if I'm there and I give you like a two-hour window. You're like, I'm there. Like you, you do prioritize your friendships and that quality time. And that is a form of self-care. I think people are under the impression that self-care is like exercise or a face mask or a massage. But like some people don't even like those things. And, like, your self-care is more, like, keeping your identity and hanging out with your people. Right. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom when I was growing up, and she dedicated her entire life to my brother, my sister, and I. Her entire life. And she kind of cut off a lot of friendships. And because we were so busy, we all did all the sports, dancing, everything. And as we got older she realized that she dedicated so much time to us that she kind of lost her girlfriends. 
And it's hard looking back. Now she looks back and she realizes that, well, I guess I could have gone out and had time with my friends or even just had her friends over with the kids. And I remember doing them when we were younger. But once she kind of said it out loud, I was like, oh, I need to really prioritize and keep my friends a priority in my life because I want them in my life and I want to be able to go out and have a good time and just reconnect with with people that I love and I am making sure that I make time anytime you come home because I just love you oh and I love you but you and and I think that's so amazing and like aren't we so blessed to have like parents and moms who sort of like we can listen to their stories and their history and sort of learn and pivot and say, well, I don't want to do it that way. Or, or maybe they do other things in life and you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to do it that way. But it's kind of nice like to learn from somebody else's pitfalls, you know, because now you don't have to make them. Like you saw how that affected your mom and how it affects her now that you guys are all grown and out of the house and all starting families of your own. It sort of maybe leaves her feeling like, hmm, because I know my mom was always big about keeping, you know, her friendships. And now that we're all gone, she's sort of, I'm like, two of her kids live 3,000 miles away. And she's like, cool, I'm going out with my pals. Like, later. Because I have friends like you who I've known since I was four. And I don't, there's no reason just because I have kids doesn't mean that we can't be friends anymore. Oh, right. And like, and it's, we couldn't, like, in some respects, we couldn't be more different. It never feels that way when we're together. Like, we laugh about oh, things never. from, like, childhood or college or, like, we have so much other things in common. Like, the one thing that I love about, one of the countless things I love about you is you're so much, um, you're so much more, not to diminish being a mom, but you're so much more than being a mom because you were so much already before you ever had your kids. And they're so great. And it's such a blessing to watch you grow into this mom that you've become and business owner and wife. But I knew you before you were a wife and a business owner and a mom. And like, you were already such a great and full and whole person. So it's just nice to see your life become more textured and layered. But I love that I can still see like the little girl when we would like play on your street. Like, I love that. That means so much. Yeah, and it's important, I think, you know, any mom out there, and now this is not to shame or to make anyone feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a new mom, I'm so lost in the sauce right now, I haven't talked to my friends in six months, like I'm just in survival mode, of course that's, there's going to be, you know, phases of that, and there's going to be like months and weeks and months where we don't, we're not like chatting every single day, it's one of those things where you just have to sort of like water your seeds, and that way, you know, when, when I do come home and we catch up, or you come out to LA and visit me, um, it's like no time has passed because we have had the catch-ups in between. Even if they're texts, like it's it's 2020. We can text. We, right. we see each other on what you're doing on your story so I can sort of keep up. We can keep up with each other's goings-on, you know? Absolutely. Okay, so I have one more question. What advice would you give, and I'm not going to limit it to moms, I think parents. What advice would you give to a parent who may be struggling with finding balance? Any tips or resources, books? I actually have, um, I'll give you some time to think about it. I actually have a podcast that I think you might like too, and I think all parents could benefit from it, and it's called the Mama Said Podcast. It's relatively new. It's on the Lady Gang Network, um, but you can find it on, you know, wherever you listen to, wherever you listen to this, um, and it's called Mama Said, and it's with uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler from Sopranos. And Jenna Paris, who I'm not, I wasn't as familiar with her, but she's a musician. Um, And they are talking about like all the realness of being a mom. Like one of the girls, Jenna, is a stay-at-home mom of two. 
And then Jamie is a working mom. She's an actress, obviously. We all know her. Um, she's a working mom of two. And they sort of just, like, get into the whole nitty-gritty and all of it. Like, the good, the bad, the mom guilt, the sh mommy shaming, um, the idea that moms are supposed to do X, Y, and Z, but dads are never held to that sort of standard. Any parent out there, I feel like that's a great resource because it's real. And I think, like in the world of social media, it might look like other people have it all together and they're just like crushing it in the parent game and you might feel like you're totally lost. This like really brings it back to like feeling normal. So the Mama Said podcast, I think is like a great resource. I love following people on Instagram who are just real and show. I mean, we all have the, the storybook Instagram. You put your best self on Instagram and Facebook. You're Absolutely. not putting when your kid literally is crying over spilled milk. You're yeah. not putting that on Instagram. And people always say to me, your boys are always smiling. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not going to put up a picture of them crying. I actually followed two moms on Instagram, and they have a joint Instagram. Okay. And they're called Cat and Nat. Okay. And they, one, they're hilarious. And they post videos, and I think together they have like nine kids. Oh, my they God, have, love it. Have, there's a lot of kids between the two of them. And they post videos of themselves just in their car. It's like they just ran out to the car and post videos of just what is going on in their life. And now they, like, travel and they go on tour and just talk about life as a mom and just life with a husband and just little things that, that are so nice as a person sitting at home with their kids, like, to hear that you're not, that somebody else is in the same boat as you. It's so nice that, that people put it out there that, like, Things aren't always perfect, and it doesn't have to be, and that we're all in this together, and as long as you just keep trucking, like, things will be okay. Oh, absolutely. I feel like one of the most supportive, like, subgroups or subcultures of social media is, like, moms, and I feel like it's a whole squad or, like, village of moms who are super supportive, like, non-judgmental, and I love that, right? Like, when they put, like, the real stuff up. Like, my favorite thing is, like, the Instagram versus reality, when they put up, like, what they normally would have in the past just posted only that, but then they show you, like, the real behind the scenes. Like, come on. In any, in any facet of life, aside from motherhood, like, even, what, a few weeks ago for the Golden Globes, Tom Hanks was getting, like, some big award, and his wife was, like, tweeting, like, Biggest night ever, like trying to go support my husband and my makeup artist didn't show up. Sitting here, oh still no makeup, two hours before showtime. <laughs> Camera's definitely going to be panning to me like a million times during his speech. And I felt like that was so like, obviously she could have just handled that off of social media. It's like Tom Hanks and his wife. They obviously could have like called 25 million different, you know, makeup artists. But right. I love that she put it out there like, yep, booked them like six months ago. Cool, cool. God, they're not showing up at all. Like, it just was like funny. And then, of course, like you tune in to see like, what does her makeup look like? Does she do it herself? Like, you want to hear the end of the story. Whereas before you might have just been like, oh, wow, like Tom Hanks, so successful, got a great award. There's his beautiful wife. There's their great family. Like everything's so perfect for him. But right, it's like, no, right. it's, I love like, when people keep it real. Yeah. Do you know who else is really funny on Instagram is Chrissy Teigen. Oh, love her. She's so real. Yeah. She, she, just, she just lays it all out there. Probably like to an extreme where her husband's probably like, eek, because he seems like so mild mannered. <laughs> and she's just like, no, I'm putting it out there. Yeah, she's all over the place. But I, I mean, that's refreshing, right? I mean, that's who we should sort of be like following and like, you know, it's the relatability of it all. I feel like you gave us so much to think about. And so like you, at first when I was doing your intro, I was like, oh, I don't want this to be misleading. Like 
you know, today's guest has it all together. She's picture perfect with the most beautiful family in the world and a businesswoman, and she never even broke a sweat. Like, I love how you were like, no, like it was sometimes so hard. And sometimes my husband did have reservations and like, you know, it's gotten easier over time, but there's still struggles. Like, I love how you, you know, like we were saying on the other people we love to follow, you too kept it real. And I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that and feel better about their situations because of that. Well, thank you. I'm all about just being myself, and I am not here to sugarcoat anything. Parenthood is hard. Life is hard. Everyone's life is hard. Everyone has good days and bad days, and you just have to pick yourself back up every day and just move on to the next. Absolutely. And when you were being like a trailblazing new mom and businesswoman, I'm sure there were still some days that you were in two-day-old clothes with spit up on your shirt and not knowing what the hell you were doing. Oh, absolutely. There are more days like that than Instagram picture-perfect family days. But okay, I like to end the episodes with a segment called Attitude of Gratitude. So I'm going to leave it open to you to tell us something that you are very grateful for today or lately or in this moment. Well, my little sister, she's 30, but she just got married yesterday. I'm, I'm so thankful that I have honestly such a great family and I have countless cousins aunts uncles and we're all super close and my parents and my in-laws and they're just all amazing people that I have in my life that support me in every way that I need and support Brian and I when we need it and they watch my children so I can go to LA for a couple days to see my friend and they help out with our, we have dogs, and I just have such a supportive group of people around me, and I could not do what I do without them. And I am honestly thankful, I don't tell them enough, but I'm thankful for them every single day. And saying it on a podcast counts as like saying it a hundred times, so it's totally oh, fine. Perfect. <laughs> just direct them to this episode, and they will get all their kudos. But no, on yes. a serious note, you have the most amazing village, and I've known your family for literally my whole life, but even just the little bits I know about Brian's family, they're also amazingly supportive. Um, You're very close to your siblings and they're starting families of their own. And I feel like you guys are really good about being there for each other. And when one person has to go or drop everything, like every single one of you is willing to take everybody's children in and just make it happen seamlessly. And I think that that, you know, deserves all the credit in the world because I know there are some people out there who don't have that village and I'm sure you know, would like be so grateful and blessed to have yours. And so it's so nice that you take the time to appreciate them because they are amazing. And, but you too, because you would do the same for them. And so it's really a two way street, which is nice. Um, my attitude of gratitude, and we'll end with this is, um, something that I've been extremely grateful for as of late is second chances and renewed hope. And I know that's pretty, sounds pretty vague and can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but For me specifically at this time, I feel like my family and my village has been blessed with new hope and new opportunities. And a lot of this is contributed to a medical advance that's been made. So Courtney, I know you know very well, um, but it's something I don't talk about on the podcast, I don't think ever, is my husband Ryan, um, who I don't talk about a ton, but I love so much. And he's my family out here, especially being away from everyone. Um, He has cystic fibrosis. And at the end of 2019, there was a big medical breakthrough in the CF community with the release of a new med called Trikafta. 
and it's really been a game changer for many people living with CF, Ryan included. And seeing his rapid improvement and progress on this new med has really changed something in me that I'm grateful for because there were certain things that I was fearful about or certain conversations that were off the table and I feel like a new sense of hope and like a certain things that we didn't consider before like family planning are getting a second chance in our discussions and so that's just something that I'm really grateful for and hopeful about at this moment and just like you 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 don't you said that you don't say it enough to your family that you want to you know put it out there you know on record that you're grateful I wanted to like take this moment I don't talk about it a ton but I'm so grateful for this advance and all the new opportunities that are open for Ryan and I now and it's just worth noting, you know, and putting it in this time capsule of this episode, so. It's amazing. It's honestly amazing. And I'm so happy for you and Ryan. And I know this opened so many doors for the two of you. And I could not be happier for both of you. Thank you. And I just think, um, you know, stay hopeful and stay optimistic. I'm really trying to manifest things for 2020. And I know we all are. And like Courtney said, it's not all going to be Instagram worthy and everything's hard and life is hard and marriage is hard and being a mom is hard having a business is hard and that's okay and you know not every day of 2020 is going to be amazing and perfect but if we just can have continued hope I think that can really make a difference in all of our lives so Courtney I want to thank you so much for being on here thank you for sharing all of your wisdom as a mom and a business owner and just a total gem of a human being thank you so much for having me